Welcome to the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero and so glad you joined us today and glad to have with me today a gentleman by the name of Eric Albright. He is the Sergeant First Class of the Michigan Army National Guard. Eric, welcome to our show. Thank you, thank you for having me, sir. Yeah, we're we're glad to have you here, and of course, uh, I I love it how we start out with sir. I appreciate that. Um, I want to call you sir because uh, I get around military people, and I am just so grateful for the service and the commitments and the sacrifices that they make. So, on behalf of myself and all the listeners out there, thank you for your service. It means a great deal to us all. Thank you. It, it means a lot to me as well. That's pretty cool. Well, look, why don't we why don't we just begin because there's so much you and I can talk about, and I'm so excited to have you. I heard you speak one time, and was so impressed with uh, with some of the information and the background that you gave me. Um, so um, I I can't wait to share that with the audience. But as we get going here this morning, why don't we start at the at the beginning? Take me back through uh, um, your entry into the service, and uh, and just kind of bring us up to date of what you're currently doing. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, back in 1998, uh, senior year in high school, uh, wasn't really sure what I was wanting to do, like uh, exploring college options and things like that. Um, and then I ran across an, an Army National Guard recruiter, and uh, you know he showed me some vehicles and gave me the tour of the facility. And I kind of was it was like hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> it was uh, absolutely what what it is that I felt like I should be doing. Uh, so in 1998, September, I joined the Michigan Army National Guard, mm-hmm. and uh, I enlisted as a firefighter, actually, um, <clears throat> joined a unit out of Grayling, Michigan, way up north. Sure. And uh, <clears throat> worked, worked as a firefighter for uh, about three or four years and then uh, became full-time, a full-time member of the Army National Guard in 2002. I was hired into recruiting and uh, worked as a recruiter for a little over a year. And then the fire unit that I originally enlisted into they were sourced to deploy to Iraq, and they were short. They were short service members, uh, mm. qualified firefighters for that that deployment. So, I was given the opportunity to uh, to uh, make a decision on whether or not I wanted to go, and yeah. I, I volunteered to go with those two units that deployed out of Grayling. And uh, so, I, I mobilized from 2003 to 2005, uh, <clears throat> served in what they call Operation Iraqi Freedom Two. Mm. Uh, spent the majority of my time in in Fallujah, Iraq. And if, uh, if you remember back to those days, <clears throat> there was the first and the second of offensive of Fallujah. So, uh, quite, quite a lot of stuff going on over there in Iraq. Uh, some good days, some bad days, um, was there till just about February of 2005, came home and, uh, got, got right back into recruiting. Oh. <laughs> and I recruited basically from about 2005 till 2015, in uh, various different locations throughout the state. The majority of uh, where I was working at was like Metro Detroit area. I was an on-campus recruiter at Eastern Michigan University, sure, okay. on-campus recruiter at the University of Michigan, um, on-campus recruiter at Michigan State University, and uh, affiliated with the ROTC programs at all three of those locations. And then uh, <clears throat> I took a leadership position within the Michigan Army National Guard in the greater Lansing area about 2016, and I've been here been here ever since well, that's and i great. manage uh i manage offices in in corona greenville uh three different locations in lansing michigan state university and uh, now the jackson armory as oh well. wow so you've got a, you got a few counties you're spread over the top of so in, in all of this um uh when you talk about your recruiting background and everything else and, and kind of here in michigan um w- where again was your hometown growing up 
I, I, was, I grew up in Harper Woods. Oh, yeah, and, okay. Um, after I became a full, full-time member in, in the recruiting command, I, I moved to Harrison Township. So I primarily lived in Harrison Township as, as my place of residence for the better part of the last, uh, you know, last 15 years or so uh, prior to moving to, to DeWitt. Oh, very good. Well, we're glad you found your way uh, back up towards the Lansing area and glad you're a Michigander. That's pretty cool. You know, I have to tell you, the recruiting thing has got to be kind of a, uh, an interesting uh, situation because I hear that probably the biggest uh, challenge you have um, in recruiting is the moms. Is that is that fair to say? Because your you, your your baby comes home and says, "Hey, by the way, I just joined up for uh, the the um, uh, Michigan Army National Guard, and I'm headed to Iraq." So uh, that's got to be something that that uh, you've got to confront almost every time you talk to a young person. Absolutely, there's no no question about that. Um, you know, getting that getting that buy buy in from from mom is proven to be difficult at times. Uh, the same can be said for, for, for the fathers as well. Yeah. Um, but once, once we sit down and we get down to the brass tacks and, re- and really walk, walk through what it looks like for somebody to serve in the Michigan Army National Guard, um, that, that buy-in becomes a lot easier yeah. with, with all the benefits and the, the, the opportunities that we do have. Well, it's extraordinary to me that that there's a volunteer uh, uh, branches of service like this, and uh, in the old, you know, I, I'm old enough uh, to have uh, young enough to have missed the draft, but old enough to have friends that are uh, lived through a, n- a number of those things back in the height of Vietnam and such. So, um, it's interesting to me that we can get some some of these wonderful young people and individuals like you that have said, "What am I going to do?" and then get hooked on the whole notion of, "Hey, maybe I can serve my country and do." Something something pretty noble for the rest of my life. I, I think that's so cool, and, and it's so cool, Eric, that you took time out today to be with us. We're so grateful for that. We're glad you tuned in to Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Vercherow. We'll be right back. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. You've tuned into the Michigan Business Network and found the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Vershero here today with Eric Albright. He is a Sergeant First Class Michigan Army National Guard. And as we're talking about this, part of what he does is he talks about recruiting. But I want to take him back a little bit to when he was a youngster or a young man, anyways, coming out of high school, looking for the next uh, thing. And by golly, um, it makes a lot of sense for people that are a little um, not sure of where they want to go, what they want to do. Um, all of a sudden uh, to have a chance to look at something like uh, armed services is kind of a neat thing. What what kind of got you hook, line, and sinker? You said in the last uh, segment that you saw some of the vehicles. Well, was that was that like, ooh, I'd like to drive that? Is that, is that what they're going for? Or tell me about it. Uh, the, the, ve- the vehicles were, were more or less the icing on the cake. Honestly, uh, what, what actually sold me the most was the, was the recruiter that I, that I made contact with, um, I'll never forget him. Uh, he he was a sergeant first class at the time, and then ended up getting promoted to master sergeant. But master sergeant uh, Dan Ellis was my recruiter, and 
I'll never forget, like, uh, the first time that I met him, you know, that, that, that crisp uniform, that, that professional military mm-hmm. appearance, like, um, very, very regimented. Um, but he, but he cared, he cared deeply about what he, what he did as a, as a profession. He cared deeply about, you know, the way that he impacted the, the, the youth and, you know, in the schools and things like that. And, uh, um, you know, when I sit down, sit down and, and had conversation with them, it, it was, it was, I knew right away, that's exactly what I wanted to do. I just wow. kind of wanted to embody everything that, that, uh, that he presented to me, the way he carried himself, his attitude, uh, had, had just an awesome attitude, positive about everything. And yeah. just his whole outlook on, on life and the direction that he was, uh, you know, talking about sending me was like, it was just too easy of a decision to make, really. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people that are tuning in today are, are, are people in business and, and looking at how they recruit people and how they hire people. And I think you, you know, uh, inadvertently is kind of a side uh, story here. But when you think about uh, first impressions, when you think about uh, how you uh, introduce people and how you bring people into your organization, um, whether it's the military or whether it's your business, um, you need to pay attention to that because they sure are right. They're they're looking at at the details. They're looking at some of those things, and and uh, there's ways to impress people, even even if you're not in the uniform. It's the way you respect them, the way you treat them, the discuss things with them, and the sense of having a mission and a purpose. Right? I mean, those those are all part of what we're talking about. Absolutely, couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, and so when I think about this recruiting process um, in your in your young world, um, it it, it, it uh, I think I've watched too much TV. Fair enough, Eric, because <laughs> when I when I think about um, the, the the recruiting um, aspects of uh, going into the military, and then all of a sudden we have something that my generation used to call boot camp. Um, but uh, does does the world is it kind of a bait and switch at that point in time, or do we have a kinder, gentler uh, uh, training camp that we send these new recruits to? Certainly, uh, certainly the the current uh, the current generation of folks that are going to training is is quite a bit different from from those of like my generation that went through in 1998. Quite quite a bit different. Um, you know, at the end of the day, like the movies kind of kind of trump up uh, what basic combat training really looks like. Um, there's there's this mantra, this mindset of uh, certain individuals that think that you know the drill instructor can put their hands on you and whoop up on you and things like that, and it's <laughs> it's, it's much more professional than that. But yeah. At the end of the day, um, I guess to put it simply, um, basic training. Obviously, when you get there, you, you're used to uh, doing things the way that you want to do things or the way that you desire to do things, like. I'm going to watch TV at this time, or I'm going to do this at this time. And I mean, it's just kind of a, a total, uh, a total switch when you get That's to the training. So yeah. you're going to start doing things based on what people tell you that you're going to do rather than what you want to do. And so uh, just, just getting used to it from that standpoint is really just, it's a cultural shock That's for, the shift. for the first two weeks, but you know, every day is a different day and they, they, they're building you towards, uh, you know, becoming a soldier. So yeah. you got to have an open mind when you get there and, uh, and really know that you're there to complete one task and that's to, to become a graduate. That, that's the end, end result that you're looking for. Well, do you have a, is there a percentage of people that, that don't make that grade is that, that you, that you'd be willing to share? I mean, uh, I, I assume, you know, it's a volunteer uh, thing. So if, if they come in, don't like it, do they walk out or how does that work? Honestly, in a, like in the generation right now, like for the individuals that are qualified to go to training and, you know, they don't, they don't have uh, any kind of medical injuries that set them back. You know, they show up there. Um, it, as long as they're motivated to train, 
they're going to keep them there. Yeah. So it's, it's at the at the point where where an individual doesn't want to comply or uh, or uh, you know become a teammate or a team member. Yeah. And they and they indicate to the drill instructors or the drill sergeants that they no longer want to be there. You know, it's at that point in time where the tr- the training path becomes different for them. But yeah. so long as the individual is motivated to train and and has a d- desire and ambition to to complete the training, they're going to give them every every opportunity to do that. Right. So right. Basic training is 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 set up for success and not failure. I yeah. mean, there there is a, a mindset of of people that think that you know it's 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 too impossible for me to complete. Like I can't do that, but in reality, it's it's set up for success, not failure. Well, and I think that's what's really interesting because you know you're. <laughs> I guess when you get to be my age, everybody under twenty feels like a kid. But you know, what's your average age recruit? Is it is it eighteen, nineteen years old? Uh, for for us, it's about it's seventeen to twenty four. Oh my word! Yeah, it's probably the greatest percentage of individuals that we enlist into the Michigan Army National Guard uh, currently. Yeah, um, and then and then outside of that, there there's a prior service market that. You know, that can join depending on how many years that, that they serve for. You know, all the way up to age forty and beyond. But right. generally speaking, um, our target our target market is seventeen to twenty four year olds. Well, it's pretty impressive when you think about when you think about the number of people that um, that uh, uh, come into armed services and uh, they come in as uh, basically uh, youthful young men and women, and they leave uh, impressive, uh, amazing. Uh, leaders and and um, just kind of uh, molded into some impressive people, and I, I I just think it's it's really one of the neatest things I've ever witnessed. I get so emotional about our military because I just love what they do and the and the freedoms I enjoy because of them, and I sure am grateful for you to be here today, Eric, and share some of your stories and some of your leadership journey. We're glad you tuned in to the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versher, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Chris Holman, and as past chair of the National Small Business Association and a small business owner myself, I understand when you run a business, you rely heavily on your computer network. Now, you cannot afford lost data, lost customer information, and that's why you should trust your technology needs to ASK. Contact ASK at 877-ASK-4ASK for a free audit and analysis of your technology needs. That's 877-ASK-4ASK. Or find them on the internet at www.justask.net. ASK, taking the hassle out of technology so that you can run your business. This is the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero, and today's guest is Eric Albright. He is a Sergeant First Class in the Michigan Army National Guard. And in our last segment, Eric, we were talking a little bit about uh, these young men and women that come into the to the armed services. And, and um, you know, I'm just always so impressed because between um, the the manners, the, the way they hold themselves, the way they conduct themselves. And the one thing I'm I'm impressed with is is the fervent uh, belief that they will indeed die for their country and defend it uh, to the end if necessary. And and those are, I just get chills just thinking about young men and women that are willing to do those kind of things. And so, 
tell me, do you, is that one part uh, they came with it in their tank, or is it, or is there some pixie dust that the uh, armed services sprinkles over the top of these young men and women to to make them um, such great patriots? Well, that's an excellent point that you brought up. Um, I'm of the belief that based on the people that I that I see, you know, in, in this current environment that we're in, um, there's there's a large demographic of individuals that they have that patriotism already already embodied within them and they have that strong desire to want to serve uh however there's another demographic of individuals that they they serve for a multitude of other reasons and uh the 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 beauty is is that the organization in which they're joining uh and the way that we operate as a team and and uh and and how we train and and what it is that we do it, it ends up bringing out that, that 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 patriotism out of out of those that didn't join for for the reasons like flag to begin with. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the way that we go about our business, it, it, inevitably it brings it out in the end anyway, which is something pretty cool to see. Oh yeah. It's, it's gotta be rewarding to, to, to uh, think about a young person that goes in and then, and then somebody that, uh, that on the other end comes out as such a, such a fantastic uh, American warrior. Just amazing to me. I, I think it's so cool. When I think about this though, I want to spend some time if you would to, Talk to us about team, because um, uh, building teams and and having them committed to the team um, is something that translates really well into business. Because we've got people that uh, they don't necessarily die if some team member lets them down, but boy, um, when they put all that work and hard effort into everything and do not have the type of commitment from the rest of the team, it sure does show itself in ugly ways. So, tell me your thoughts on on building teams and uh, and how we get some of these young people to be such uh, great greatly committed to teams yeah so at the end of the day pretty much everything that that, that we ever do in the military is gonna, gonna revolve around being a member of a team and um you know working towards the, gr- the greater good of uh, wh- whatever the mission is you know given whatever mission environment that you're in it could be uh the, the environment that i'm in in recruiting it could have been uh you know when i was deployed to iraq and at the end of the day like um when, when we train we have to train as a team because ultimately uh, we can find ourselves uh, fighting as a team as well. And so, um, you know, bringing out the best of, of, of individuals uh, to work towards the common good is, is that's the end result of what we're, what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it can be difficult. It can absolutely be difficult to, uh, to, to get the best out of everybody uh, in working towards uh, the, the team concept. Yeah. Well, in, in business, I talk about teams that need to gel and come together. Is is that similar? Because these guys are not going, yeah, I'd just soon be over here rather than this other team. I, you know, there's not a lot of choice in there, and I guess in some businesses there's not much choice either. But but tell me, do you, do you, are there some, some tricks or some uh, ways that you try to string people together in ways that are uncommon and that really give them the kind of cohesiveness that you're looking for in, in great execution? Yeah, absolutely. Uh you know, for us and what it is that we do, if I if I relate the team teamwork to, uh, to to my current duty is, you know, running a team of fourteen recruiters, who uh, oh by the way are all A type personalities to begin with. <laughs> right, um, right. You, you, what it comes down to is that you really have to know you have to know who it is that you're leading. You you, you have to know, you know, what motivates that individual, make what makes them tick, and uh, and then to get them to work towards the, you know the common good, it, it, it basically comes down to to, to knowing each individual person and uh and and what what brings out the best of them and then obviously working simultaneously towards the team goal but yeah. uh, if you don't know your people you're never you're you're never going to get them to commit to uh to, to what the team concept is and then also um 
you know, reemphasizing what, what that team goal is. What is it that you're working for? If you don't yeah. know what you're working for and you don't have goals that are set and uh, you, you don't reevaluate yourself while you're going on this path of working as a team and, and to look back and, and, and have, you know, benchmarks in, in place to, uh, to be able to, to gauge whether or not you're on, on par, if you're, if you're on the right azimuth or not. Yeah. So, well, you I think, constantly uh, evaluate like where you're at and uh, which direction you're moving in. So, so I'm, my notes here show that that uh, what I heard was was these goals are really important, but you got to have clarity. So you've got to be really good at communicating and and creating the clarity of what that goal for the team is um, to get to be effective. Am I am I making the right notes? Absolutely, no no, no doubt about it. Yeah, well, and I think I think the the whole communication thing is something that that's challenging for a lot of a lot of different teams and, and efforts. And of course, you know the the what you reminded us of is is it's not only communication, but it's what are you communicating, and is it uh, pertinent to the goal and making sure that we're getting everybody aligned and doing the right thing. And so, uh, boy, thanks for that tip. That w- that was really worth the price of admission right there, Eric. Thanks so much for for sharing that. Thanks for so much for being a part of the leadership lowdown. This is the Michigan. Business Network. I'm Vic Vershero with Eric Albright. And- Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. Vic Versero here and having the privilege and the honor to visit with Eric Albright, Sergeant First Class, Michigan Army National Guard. And Eric, as we were talking in this last segment, we talked a little bit about pulling together as a team and some of those other uh, elements to really be effective in terms of communication and all those other great things. But I I wonder, um, uh, you have had to have met some really interesting people um, in your uh, career path in the last 20 plus years in the military. Um, do you got some some people that are going, man, I, that that's the person I want to be like, or boy, she's the kind of leader that, that I'd really would like to, to see if I could do it that way. Um, any of those kind of um, uh, people come to mind? Absolutely. I have, uh, I, I have examples of, of individuals that, um, you know, that I, I just want to, I, I want to do what it is that they do. They, they, uh, they bring out the best in everybody. And, uh, you know, you learn a lot from, from the great leaders, but, but to the contrary, like I also have individuals that, uh, well, a few, not as many, but a few, uh, that I've always prided myself, uh, in, in saying that I'd never, I'd never, ever be that individual. I'd never, never lead that way. But the takeaway for me is that you, you, you learn, uh, you learn a ton from, from the great leaders, but you also learn a lot from, from the ones that aren't so good either, because it, it is a, it is a reminder that, um, you don't want to be that person. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and so um, th- th- it's funny because you can learn from both sides of that coin. Um, and so let's let's study for a second uh, on that person that's giving you um, uh, some of those great things. You said bring the best out of people. Um, tell me, are there are there any one two threes or or uh, or things that that are cornerstones to do that? to really make people shine um, maybe more than they thought they were possibly they ever could. Anything like that that comes to mind on, on, on elements that make that possible? Uh, well, for the, for the person that, that, uh, 
that means the absolute most to me and has had the greatest impact for me in my life happens to be uh, it's my fiance's uh, her stepfather. He, he retired as a uh, chief warrant officer five uh, from from the Army Reserve active duty uh, AGR program. Uh. And uh, not long ago, he was inducted into the Warrant Officer Hall of Fame in, oh. in South Carolina. So you don't get there by no. by accident. <laughs> like it, it, it takes a great leader to, to get there. But uh, when I think about what, what he's meant to me and, um, you know, all the, all the strong things that he's brought out of me is uh, it's his, uh, his, his personality and, you know, how he cares. Like he cares about people deeply. Um, and, 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 uh, he's just grounded. He's grounded exceptionally well by faith. And, and, uh, he's, he's taken me, uh, he's pulled me, you know, down, down his road in his direction, uh, when, when things weren't always going so great for me. And, um, he, he, he means, he means more than anything in the world to me. I mean, I, I, wow. I consider him my father really, you know, and, uh, it's just, it's just uh it's amazing what he's meant to me and, and what he's done for me and uh the way that I see him go about his business how he, how he's grounded spiritually uh what what his family means to him what people in general mean to him and uh he just has that that uncanny ability to bring out the best in the people that he connects with and um I just think that you know the good lord places uh individuals just like him in in people's lives for for that reason. For yeah, that, right right at the moment that they need it. That's exactly right. Well, you bring up something that we've talked about in business for a lot of years is the old adage of before they care how much you know, they want to know how much you care. And I think that that's really kind of an interesting point because when you're in a military and you might be uh you know old enough to be somebody's dad, um, and you're in command and in a leadership position, it's awful hard to slow down your world long enough to talk to a, a 21-year-old or whatever um, when you've got all this different kind of experience. But, boy, showing that you care somebody and, and, uh, and that you care enough to actually talk to them about what's going on, um, there's just some great lessons from there and, and things that are uh, just fantastic takeaways. You know, but uh, I think what's interesting to me is from time to time we can also take things away from um, – uh, from people that maybe don't do things quite quite uh, the way we would. I, I can remember I had somebody in my career that I thought, man, if I ever get in a leadership position, I will never, ever treat people like that. And um, I wonder, there's probably some learning moments there on, on that end of the spectrum for you too, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt. Um, you know, without saying uh, this individual's name, when, when I came back from Iraq after, you know, being over overseas for – better part of a year um the very first ncyc the the non-commissioned officer in charge uh who was my supervisor on the team recruiting team that i came back to um i i never knew him as as a leader i'd always knew him as uh as one of the one of the best and most successful recruiters individual recruiters that the state of michigan had ever had he he actually uh he was the national guard bureau uh recruiter for the entire country um back in 2004 um and he did he did exceptionally well uh, in his individual accomplishments, but boy did he did he ever uh, did he ever struggle as a leader. Mm. And uh, when when I came back from Iraq, it wasn't it wasn't that terribly long. It was about three or four months after I got home, you know, balancing the 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 work the home work life and and you know processing still processing how the deployment went and things like that, you know. And, it wasn't long that after I got home, I found myself, in, you know, in a struggle with with my supervisor because, uh, you know, he just went down that dark path of almost almost toxicity, and uh, yeah. it was a difficult it was a difficult uh, year and a half. I suppose he was about 
a year and a half, my, my, my boss. And, uh, the whole time I just kind of, I was reflecting, you know, as he was my, my leader, you know, not doing anything, uh, anything crazy or trying to go rogue, but I was just, I'd, I'd make side notes and, you know, yeah. notes to myself about different things that he did that, you know, I'd swear to myself that I, I would never do myself. And, you know, I'd, I'd made a, made a hard commitment with myself, uh, and I just, I just kept looking in the mirror and, and reflecting, you know, like, hey, I see, I see X, Y, Z. Uh, right. I don't like what I see, but I'm going to learn from it. Well, these are, these are, from it and- these are powerful lessons. And I, and in the next segment, I'd like to, I'd like to finish this conversation. We're going to go pay some bills right now, and come right back. This is the Michigan Business Network, and uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Here's to the big-hearted folks who know how to take on an even bigger job. Those who take personally the transportation of today's dreamers and tomorrow's leaders. It is said that the future belongs to those who show up. Thank you for making sure that we always do. Dean Transportation Professionals. Always someone to look up to. What does it mean to be a Dean Transportation Professional? In a word, it means family, an extended family that has many roles, many opportunities, and many benefits. Being a part of the Dean family is much more than just a job. You become part of a thriving community of people built on a proud history, a community focused on transporting our youth to a brighter future. Dean Transportation. Be part of something special. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. Eric Albright is my guest today here, and he is a Sergeant First Class Michigan Army National Guard. And so, Eric, in the last segment, um, we kind of ran out a little bit out of time, and I wanted to make sure that I didn't go past some of what you were sharing because one of the elements that you that you discussed is somebody that was really, really good at their own personal uh, attributes, what what whatever they were su- assigned to, they could really get it done. And here's what I see in business, and I'd like to get your reaction to this. I see oftentimes we have great people that do really well in business. Um, they might be the supervisor's golden child, right? They're doing an awesome job. But then what happens is they do such a good job in their production area that we move them into a leadership role. Well, I just, I'd like to get your reaction to that because it feels like that's exactly what you experienced with this particular situation. You had somebody that was good at their production role. We put them into a leadership role and there was some parts missing there. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because to me, I think that's, that's one of the biggest mistakes we make, uh, in, in the business world. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, uh, the individual that I was talking about, he was he was an exceptional, you know, recruiter, individual recruiter, like I like I mentioned, uh, national recruiter of the year. Um, he he won back to back state recruiters of the year. So, um, really, really, really talented as an individual, but but struggled as a as a leader. And I think uh, the biggest takeaway that I that I could see from you know the reasons why he struggled is because um, along the way, while he was being successful as an individual, there were people that. That, that helped him succeed. And I think that what happened is that 
uh, when you lose sight of those individuals that help you along the way and along your path, get to where you are. And uh, it, recruiting is such an individual sport, anyways. Yeah. Um, you start you start parading around the country and, and getting accolades for being a national national uh, recruiter of the year and things of that nature. And some of that goes to your head, and and the next thing you know, you're put in a leadership position, and and, and you forget about all those individuals that uh, that that had significant contributions towards your individual success. Yeah. And then uh, and then you put on some some new military rank that looks a lot like. A diamond in the middle of uh, of your rank, you know, you're you're the first sergeant, and, and now you're telling everybody that you're the first sergeant. And what I've always learned in my 23 years of experience is that if you're out there telling people that you're the first sergeant, you're probably not the first sergeant. Oh, hey man, boy, I got to tell you, that's that that's really true. You know, I've always felt um, uh, it is it is a catastrophic failure in your leadership position if you ever have to say do it this way because I'm the boss. That is that to me that is so broken uh, and such a problem. And I know that the, you know the military. There's just not a lot of time for everybody to be touchy feely when you're in the middle of uh, of a very deadly situation. So I don't want to I don't want to dismiss or lighten that this the importance of that. But boy, you just said something that I think is really just just classic because um, there's a lot of people that that get a position of leadership and it's it's a title. And um, and and moving beyond the title into influential leadership is way different than having a title. And how tragic it is for those people that get that position and never seem to ever get launched or get get beyond uh, having the title. They don't ever have a chance to uh, grow people around them, influence them, and uh, develop great great teams. So, um, man, that's worth the price of admission right there for sure. So when I when I think about this, and I'm and I'm wondering about your scenario. Um, we're running out of time on our show here today with you because I, I think we could talk about an awful lot of different things, but I'd like you to maybe come with me along the path of, of tell me about those leadership gems that you think are critical. I, I don't know what they are uh, in your mind. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Is it communication? Is it building trust with individuals? Um, are there a cornerstone of one, two, three, four that we need to make sure we have in place? What are your What are your thoughts on that? We may not be able to finish it in this segment, but I wanted to, wanted to see what your thoughts were. Well, for me, for, for from everything uh, you know that I've learned militarily and going to the different uh, leadership schools that I've been to. Uh, I, I probably learned the, the, the most out of my last school was a master leadership course at uh, Fort Bliss, Texas, uh, home of the Sergeant Major Academy. But um, you know, everything that we do is kind of ref- refined in, uh, in in providing you know purpose. Uh, you have to provide direction and, and then also motivation, and that's like that's a simultaneous thing. You have you have to be doing those things all together at the same time in order to get the best out of individuals, and um, you know, kind of reminding them along the way of you know what those what those end goals are um you got to you, you got to know you got to know what target you you're, you're aiming at you know what i mean and yeah. you can't get uh you can't get too inundated with uh with that long 300 meter target all, all the time you've got to you've got to knock down the close targets and um in order to you know to get the greatest out of everybody and get that get that end result that you're looking for so uh the the, the purpose the direction and the motivation are the biggest things that you know, we kind of hone in on as as leaders in the military on the on the non commissioned officer side of the the pay scale. Um, 
purpose, yeah, purpose direction, much. and motivation. I love it. There's a great one, two, three for us, and uh, maybe in the next segment we can have a chance to kind of unpack each of those. So uh, we look forward to that. Eric, I'm just so glad you're here and really appreciate your time today. So glad you tuned in to Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero. We'll be right back. You can listen to the Michigan Business Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, on the smartphone app, and on its website at www.michiganbusinessnetwork.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown, and I'm Vic Versero with... Sergeant First Class Michigan Army National Guard, Eric Albright, and he's done a great job today to share with us some of his thoughts on help molding young men and women into uh, tremendous, uh, powerful, and amazing people. Um, and frankly, it sounds like some of them start out pretty amazing to begin with. So I'm, I'm glad to have uh, the influence in that opportunity there. We talked about trying to build teams, and I asked you in the last segment if there was an opportunity to uh, do certain things that were kind of a bit of a recipe. And one of the things uh, you talked about was purpose, direction, and motivation. Um, you know, I, I, I want to spend a minute with, with you on that because when we talk about about I'm a big believer in sharing with people that are on your team the whys, because if they understand the why, then it just becomes easier for them to make their own decisions without you in the room and to be able to get to get uh, further down the way without having to have everything uh, checked on and figured out. So in your world, um, the purpose of things is that is that stating the mission is that i mean where where does that come in and how do you get that properly communicated so for me uh, in the world that i live in being a manager of a team of recruiters the purpose is uh is the mission absolutely so the mission the mission itself is uh it's a number you know and it comes to us every year it, it never changes um our our recruiting year starts uh september 1st and it runs through august 31st and the the battalion commander he issues uh, the mission what is it that what is it that my team of recruiters need to achieve to, uh, to to be deemed as mission makers, or to or you know to meet that end that end state, that end goal? Yeah. Uh, so the purpose is is the number, but it's also it's also the why that you talked about. And so <clears throat> why is it that we need to achieve that number? And so when I have my team meetings and I get with uh, you know my my recruiters face to face, and uh, at the beginning of the year, um, you know we 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 overemphasize the why. Well, well, the why is because the the general for the state of Michigan wants to grow the Michigan Army National Guard, you know, from 8,000 plus soldiers to about 10,000 plus soldiers. And in order to do that, we're, we have to we have to meet the mission that's that's that you know that's uh, sent down to us. Yeah. We don't have any other choice but to d- deliver that mission. So really honing in on the purpose, making sure that we have uh, we have buy-in, we create buy-in from the individuals, and that they fully understand why it is that we, you know we're issued the number that we were issued. Yeah. Um, well, this and is, the, and then the direction. Yeah, tell me about. I was just going to go to direction because tell me about the, about that. So purpose seems fairly clear. Tell me about direction in your words. The, the direction is is pretty simple. I mean, it's it, it's how are we going to get there? Uh, how how are we going to get to that end goal of of, of 150 enlistments? You know, it's uh, 
it's working work working your tar- target audience like I had just talked about your 17 to 24 year olds um, you know really working the, the the high schools being active in the community you know uh, creating partnerships with with community leaders and community organizations and uh, you know really being the face of the Army National Guard I mean yeah. um, I have I have individuals that they, they're on my team but they're spread across you know quite a few different counties but uh, you know if you don't know who your Army National Guard recruiter is in your local community, we're already we're already uh, behind the power curve. So, uh, you know, getting that direction and really honing in on on what it is that we're going to do to to achieve that that end result, yeah, that number. And then the motivation side of things. Tell me tell me about that. So we've got the we got the why and the how. So the motivational uh, part for me is it, it it's it's nonstop. It's continuous all year long. Uh, you know, because in the world that we live in, we 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 think that we meet the best highly qualified applicant, most highly qualified applicant, uh, somebody that really wants to join for all the right reasons. And, and inevitably, uh, we also have a, we have a regulation that governs who can and cannot enlist into the military. And so sadly enough, you develop rapport with these individuals that you deem as highly qualified and somebody that would, would really excel in our organization. And we send them through the, through the process of enlisting, and uh, they, they can't meet the, the criteria due to aptitude score. Uh, they can't meet the criteria due to uh, you know the physical requirements and yeah. uh, the medical requirements, or the law violation, background checks, things of that nature. So uh, there's a lot of work that goes into just getting one person, you know, down through the process in order to enlist. And uh, you know, when somebody doesn't make it, it, it can be super deflating for for individuals that spend a lot of time, a lot of time and effort, you know, trying to get somebody through through uh, the enlistment process and, and and become a member of the, the Michigan National Guard. So yeah. um, you know trying to keep these individuals motivated and, and, and also along the way we're talking about people, you know what I mean? People, <laughs> people and relationships matter. And, and it, it is a, a little bit of a crusher, that person that you, you believe is the, he is the candidate for us yeah. that doesn't make it. And you have to look at him, you know, face to face, man to man and, and let them know that, that, there's something else out there for you. It's just not going to be this. Yeah. So that could be that could be tough sometimes. Well, it's just interesting. It's a wonderful world that you have, and, and the influence that you can be with uh, with young men and young families. Uh, it's it's very impressive. Look, there may be some people that have tuned in today, uh, Eric, that might want to get in contact with you. Whether it's a recruiting issue, I know you've done some great uh, presentations along the way. It, it, tell us how how would they get in contact with you? Well, Vic, I can be reached on, on my uh, my work phone at any given time. Uh, I'd be glad to share that contact information with you. Sure. And um, I, my main office is out of the Grand Ledge uh, flight facility. I could also share the address with you as well. Yeah. So my telephone number, the best way to get a hold of me is a area code 734-756-3607. And then my work address at the Grand Ledge flight facility is 10 Six zero zero West Eaton Highway. Okay, that's Grand Ledge, and the zip is four eight eight three seven. Great. Well, thanks so much, uh, Eric, for being a part of this. Thanks for what you're doing for our young men and women and for our country. Um, uh, we just can't thank you enough for your service, and um, uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. Hope you had fun. I did absolutely had fun. Good I, I deal. The you bet. Well, thanks so much for your time, Eric. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. Can't wait to talk to you next time. Take care.